Hello, I'm Shankar. And I'm Nikhil. This is Chai Across Generations. This is episode 17, Marriage, When and How to Get Hitched. Shankar, what a title. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty funny. And I can't claim uh, original authorship of that. It, uh, it was something I read on an agenda at a wedding I attended. And um, yeah, I have some interesting friends and acquaintances. <laughs> it was fun. So I thought I'd just throw it in there. Yeah, I like it. it. It is cheeky, and I do think it also covers what we're going to talk about today. Yes, we are at the end of the series on marriage. Nikhil, what do you make of the series so far? So I've really enjoyed getting to chat with you about such a big topic because we've been able to talk about things that hit close home to me as a young person today that typically go unsaid on this topic, right? Such as the societal pressure on young people to marry, uh, the spectrum of arranged versus love marriage, and the importance of finding a balance between will and guidance when you're making such an important decision, which is something you touched on in the last episode. I feel lighter, quite honestly. How about you, Shankar? What do you make of this series so far? So I've completely enjoyed the discussion as well. It has made me articulate many things that were unsaid in my mind or uh, that were kind of forming and gave shape to those ideas. And I also became aware of the unique situation and the challenges and pressures that your generation faces. It's led me to a lot of questioning and reflection, particularly guided by the insights that you've shared. And so that's been a really interesting journey for me. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because when I hear you speak or when I listen back to our episodes, I just assume that the things you say are fully formed bits of wisdom. Uh, but it sounds like sometimes they're, you're forming them as you're saying them. Yeah, I think there's a seed and it germinates. And um, yeah, it's kind of a dynamic process, I got to say. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the first two parts of this series, you can go back and check those out. And even if you haven't listened to those, you can also just jump into this conversation since it covers different topics. Yes. In this episode, we are going to finish the conversation and touch on the pros and cons of marrying early versus later in life and discuss the idea of premarital prep as a way to help young couples. Hopefully this may also give young people a different perspective on how to respond to an older generation when they share well-meaning but unsolicited advice on marriage. As always, we'll come back at the end to wrap things up. Here we go. Thinking back to my question for you of how, how can I relate to an older generation that is being very prescriptive mm -hmm. about what I should be doing, mm -hmm. maybe that's a part of it. Like a lot of the advice, it's not even advice, it's just like directives, is based in fear. Right. Get married by 30. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not a useful heuristic <laughs> for me <laughs> if it's just based in, in that. Right. If there's reasoning I can understand, I'm, I'm happy to engage in a conversation on it, but right. if that is the extent of it, Sorry, it's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just have to kind of let that slide. I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I can share with you some thoughts on early marriage versus late marriage. 
and and mm. you can see if it resonates at all and these are just from cult from my personal experience right so one thing i do know is that one is more flexible in some ways in terms of forming relationships and stuff when you're younger mm-hmm. and changing attitudes right so when two people meet when they're young since they're both kind of malleable and forming if they meet and evolve together it's a it can be easier than when you meet when you're very fully formed mm-hmm. right so that that is yeah. a little bit of an argument in that sense for an early marriage i mean if you look at your crystallized mm. relationships and friendships over the years right right uh, you're more attached to them when you're later in life right but when you're younger uh, things are still evolving right mm-hmm. and you can develop more shared experience together right there's a little bit of an mm. argument for um, for early marriage but at the same time you know Honestly when I come look in the US a lot of people here get married in high school or right out of high school. Hmm. Okay. And I actually worry about that because I think that you know at that age your thinking is a lot hormone driven and um not maybe like it's very focused on physical attraction maybe and stuff like that which changes in time. You know that may not always hold. I'm not trying to say everyone is like that but I'm actually a bit of an advocate for not too early a marriage because of that because right. I think your wisdom is not fully developed you know right and um very often I find you know people who marry the high school sweetheart at least I feel uh, may find it later harder later in life as they evolve and they find their true self so to speak and they right. say like I exactly yeah why am I in this marriage I, I never want to be in this this is not who I am and right. um Now in the old days, you know, getting out of it was there was a lot of social pressure to stay in the marriage, right? And mm-hmm. so people just continued. It was not an option to think of leaving a marriage or getting a divorce and stuff like that. That's changed a lot now, right? So we have to change our thinking also. So the the rules that might have worked in an earlier time um, may not be so applicable now because social circumstances have changed. There's not so much social pressure to stay in a marriage. and i think if we ignore that then uh, you're kind of using one set of rules that don't apply in a in a in a new situation now in terms of the late marriage as i said later is the advantage may be that there can be a little bit more wisdom you know a little bit more about yourself your values your principles what's important to you and and so when you're doing more of the swayamvara the love marriage based on one's will i think you can Uh, argue that one may be in a better place to make an informed decision that's not purely driven by hormones and physical attraction itself right but of course you know uh, there are sort of things like advanced maternal age for women that become issues if children are desired and things like that so i think there's some of that is biological almost and not you right. know um but if somebody explains this in a gentle and sweet way you know um rather than you know with a diktat or this is my fiat or command you know you you have to be married by this age it's like your head is going to fall off or you turn to a pumpkin or something like that right. that's hurtful and it's uh, anxiety producing and it's uh, um, it makes you feel rejected it, it makes you feel devalued or inadequate and right. that's not going to work i think yeah beautiful points yeah. this idea of the benefits or the the 
pitfalls of early marriage versus marrying early versus marrying later. I feel as though I would need to hear someone in an older generation be able to at least acknowledge both sides of that before I can really accept their advice right. on either side of that. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, because I think it is typically advocated for marry early or earlier mm-hmm. by 26, by 27, by 30, mm-hmm. right? Arbitrary numbers probably mm-hmm. at the end of it, but I get you maybe just have to put some line in the sand and say, this is where I stand. But isn't it better and more rich to say, you know, with every year you wait, you tip the scales between marrying early and marrying late. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the benefits of that. Here are some of the drawbacks right. of that. Right. Um, it feels like that would be a healthy way to discuss it. And this leads me to another point, which is why do we not have much deeper thinking on the topic beyond these like cutoffs and heuristics of when to get married? And the reason I say this right. is because um, the Catholics have premarital prep, right? right? Yeah. It's a part of the church, their church, and it's offered to couples. Yeah. And it, it's a course, a set of courses, time with the, the people at the church, right? For right. couples that are engaged or before they're engaged to come together, answer really core questions about what is our vision as a couple? How do we think about finances, in-laws, yeah. venture, etc., kids, mm-hmm. right? The idea of premarital prep makes so much sense to me. And it should be offered as a resource to every single person, ideally, in an ideal world. Yeah. Um, if you're going to sign up for marriage yeah. and you're very serious about it, it makes sense to me that you would want to give yourself the best shot of that by, you know, learning from the wisdom of people who've gone through it about topics that you and the person you might want to marry could benefit from discussing early. These mm-hmm. tricky situations, these core values, right? Yeah. And yet nothing exists like that in our society. Nothing exists like that in a lot of societies, so it's not just to to say that here. Mm. But my point is, we have to change that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because when an older generation says, get married by this age, and if I or someone in my shoes says, I don't know if I feel ready, right. I need to experience... Um, I need to. I want to be financially independent. I want to know myself better mm-hmm. before I can pair with someone who shares that vision. Right. And then the response comes, okay, well, still marry by 30. <laughs> it, it doesn't answer yeah. the concern, right? Yeah. But if we're able to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. Right. Why don't you, when you find someone you like, right. why don't you go, here's some resources. Mm-hmm. Here's wisdom collected from our community. Here are questions you should ask yeah. one another. Here's how you can get closer to addressing those concerns and building life you want. And by the way, what's missing in here? What else do you think you would need to know about someone to make a decision like this? That's an actual solution. So I guess I'm just wondering why is pre-mail to prep not a bigger deal in general? (laughs) And is there a place for it in our community? Absolutely. I think there is. And I think it's a huge lacuna. Um, Speaking... um, primarily as a, as a Hindu, but, you know, I'm sure it's, um, I, I don't think it's there in the Muslim community either, as far as I know. Um, we don't have that kind of pastoral work, and it's so important. I think it's vital. Uh, I'm actually very interested in uh, 
starting something like that and, and as we've talked in you know off the podcast um i have a great interest in in that kind of outreach so i completely agree with you that's something that should be done could be done and would be very very useful right um just circling back a little bit to an earlier point you made i'm sorry to be <laughs> drawing uh, a sort of rewind but when you talked about that early versus late marriage another thing i did want to surface is if one has children then you set in place an 18 year clock for their care mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and if one is called upon and feels the uh, impulse to also have care for one's parents that's another clock that ticks at an unknown time to some extent but you know generally you can make some estimates so there is some wisdom in people at least talking about that which is are you going to have some time to separate the two because when you get scrunched between the two i know it's extremely hard mm. so it may seem like a very such a practical and mundane thing to surface when you're considering something so joyous and romantic as marriage but hey, it's a fact yeah i mean it makes me think about what my mom said on a previous podcast right. which was when you have adult children you want to be a mentor right and the question you just asked mm-hmm. imagine if we asked that to people who were in their 20s 30s you know looking to get married or thinking about getting married and said right. okay to think about when you want to get married how do you think about raising kids right. if that's something you want and how do you think about taking care of your parents right. and how do you find the balance between those two right. given where you are right. like you know considering those two big topics right. where are you right uh i think that would be tremendously powerful yeah and an opportunity for reflection versus dictating prescribing <laughs> yeah you know dates and and right. ages right and i you know people pull it off in all different kinds of combinations it's not that it can't be done but that may be right. just a factor right yeah the the um the premarital prep there's so much we could talk about there um you know we talk about a marriage license right which mm. you have to get for a civil marriage and it almost seems to me that uh, uh, you know you go to a driver's license you have driver's ed before you get the license right, right. <laughs> and it would seem logical <laughs> that if uh, even if in civil society we require a license you might need marriage ed before you you jump into that but uh right so it could be done in a secular context also if you know yeah right. i mean i'd be curious to see what we could maybe do for this community and who knows i mean i'm saying this now we'll see if there's any follow through mm-hmm. it's a it's an idea that i think i'm passionate about pursuing or at least seeing if others have ideas about it so if any of our listeners have ideas please reach out Um but you know one thing I've been doing as I was thinking about this idea of premarital prep right and just looking for different resources out there mm-hmm. I've started saving different resources that I've come across right because you know my cousin Barth came on the show right recently in 5 or 6 years if he comes to me and says hey I've met someone amazing right. I'm thinking about getting married mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. I want to be able to say hey here are some resources you might be able to use right Right? right like we owe it to yeah. i feel like i owe it to the next generation to make them a little bit more prepared yeah. or to give them some of these things mm-hmm. so even if it happens in my in micro right with one-on-one communications 
that's resonating with me at the moment yeah. of at least I maybe I can curate things that I'm finding yeah and pass that along to right. the next generation right um and but we have I, shared, I really f- we've shared things like that as well right um, yeah yeah so at least you know this kind of a workbook idea is useful or something like that right right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I just think we we have to push the ball forward on mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. incrementally right. um generation to generation and we we shouldn't be starting from scratch on our understanding of marriage and what makes a good marriage. Right. Every generation. Right. It, right. it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. The other point you raise is a lot harder, though, in the sense that, uh, which is probably more of more interest to people who are fielding difficult queries and questions from extended family or um, the kind of situation that you described, right? Where, you know, you try to be gentle and respectful but you also at some point have to if if it won't stop you have to indicate that you know that kind of feedback is not welcome anymore right yeah and i think we've scanned a a pretty wide gamut here from Mm -hmm. arranged marriage or maybe a time even before arranged marriage in india to premarital prep here in the states (laughs) for for folks here so we've had a lot so far Mm mm-hmm Anything else you wanted to cover? For the younger generation, I would say that it would be really nice if there is a, a chemistry, which is most importantly between the child and the parents, where there is trust and there's mutual respect and you can actually gain some of that wisdom that we talked about when it's presented in a you know, more uh, easy to swallow or digest rather than prescriptive way, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, we all have to develop a sense of politely setting boundaries. I think it's important. I think it's very important. Yeah. When someone is assaulted with uh, very ignorant um, prescriptions, then I think it's entirely appropriate to draw a boundary and politely say that, okay, this is uh, not solicited and not needed anymore. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I, I, even though I'm an older generation, I actually do think that if it is wise, then do take it. Right. And if it's offered yeah. politely, but, uh, I think it's uh, perfectly reasonable to push back and set boundaries when it is coming from a place of ignorance and prescription and, um, sort of an unwise foray right. into a place where, um, really the, you know, they shouldn't be going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also just reflecting on this idea of with marriage being such a big topic and so many different threads you Mm -hmm. could pull. It's probably helpful to, as an individual, think about yourself Mm -hmm. and then think about the many factors that overlay how you think about this topic. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's the parental link to the parents, the chemistry you have with your parents, you know, the role that they can play in order to help you potentially. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there are the societal factors and the pressures and learning how to either accept or reject Mm -hmm. that advice and to set boundaries appropriately. Um, There are, I guess, just an acknowledgement of different expectations Mm -hmm. between men and women and coming to either terms or coming to peace with that and hopefully us trying to change those for future generations so it's more even and women are not facing more of a stigma around this. Um, it makes me think of the idea in coaching of a, a self as instrument. 
right. and using centering yourself and then figuring out the factors around you and figuring out what is relevant for you and what is not in this vast deep ocean that is marriage yeah and ultimately you know i i think it's important to not forget uh maybe because i'm an incurable romantic that uh look this is a special relationship right mm-hmm. um at the end of it day end of the day it is really about two people right mm. and their journey together right. right and so the play right of enjoying discovering someone right that curiosity that interest that starts off in one phase right and then you learn the things that you enjoy that uh, the learning doesn't have to be unpleasant uh, what i said the the liberation right right <laughs> it can be uh, a person can be a, a great support um a comfort a um, a wise counselor on that path right um the learning does not necessarily have to be unpleasant it could right. be very pleasant and uh and and so i think to not forget that charm and uniqueness and joy that ultimately is what brings those people together and keeps them together right right i think it would be unfair to forget um that because that's really the yeah. basis of it right and also right. the it's also not only it's it's also the enduring commitment right it's a as as much about attraction but it's also about commitment Mm-hmm. and it speaks right. to um you know ultimately that enduring nature in you right mm. that is compassionate yeah. and that is uh, that is committed and that can sort of see it through thick and thin right yeah, yeah. it's about having a shared vision right. of where you're headed and having similar values in how you want to get there mm-hmm. and then being able to laugh and have some fun along the way. Yeah, and I would add a last thing to that is not give up on the person. Mm-hmm. Cuz all that you say is perfect and great, right? But often the most strained points come where um you know it it borders on uh, it challenges your your uh, uh, ability to hold on right. to the notion that the other person is fundamentally good and intends well right right yeah. and i think as long as that um guiding light or spark is there right that's what keeps things going and right. um dark clouds and stormy weather can obscure that from time to time but do not lose sight of that yeah yeah that's beautiful <laughs> Thank you for a rich discussion on a on a very interesting topic. Thanks Nikhil it was such a joy and pleasure to chat with you about this. Yeah. Right. This is another topic where I would love to hear from our listeners too. Of course, yeah. Uh, every every story is different, every perspective is different and I'm sure there's a wealth of wisdom from our listeners that we could also learn from. Yeah, I just hope we um touched on and scratched on a few interesting aspects that Uh, we'll yeah. have a more discussion absolutely
So that wraps up the final part of our discussion on marriage. We covered a lot of ground, and I'm so glad that we could have an intergenerational conversation about a topic that is so important to our community. I'm hoping that we were able to provide the audience with our own thoughts and ideas in a way that may help our community as it continues to grow and evolve too. Thanks for sharing that, Nikhil. Any final thoughts on the series? Yeah, I just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge uh, that there's a lot more gray and nuance in the arranged versus love marriage discussion that I gave than I gave it credit for. And I think this arranged versus love marriage concept is kind of at the heart of the entire conversation <laughs> around marriage in the South Asian community. So I'll be honest, coming into this series, I assume that most people in the older generations either had an arranged marriage or almost had an arranged marriage. But then we received a beautiful email from a listener in your generation, Shankar, who um, who had a college romance that was shut down by parents at the time, only to rematerialize years later when the couple's parents started looking into arranging a marriage. And they got married and have had a happy marriage ever since. Uh, it's a beautiful story. I was very moved to, to kind of read that. Um, so thank you to our listener who wrote in and to all the, the listeners who reach out to us. Um, but this was a case of a mix of a love and arranged marriage. And I assume that spectrum of love and arranged marriage started in my generation. But it turns out, which may not be a surprise to you, that it's been around for a while. So um, I'm grateful to have a deeper perspective of what you and many others in your generation experienced through our discussion in this series. What are your final thoughts, Shankar? So I think this is a big and complex topic. Uh, it's definitely a major rite of passage in a human life. And, and you know, yet I should point out there are many great, great souls who also did not choose this path. So there's that too. And by the way, I remembered that Shakespeare sonnet I was trying to quote uh, in one of the previous episodes, and it goes as follows. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. That's sonnet 116. And I recommend our listeners to take a moment and read this gem by the bard. Thanks, Shankar. It's always great to leave with something. You could even call it homework, <laughs> um, if you so choose. But uh, I'll definitely kind of take that one away and take a look at it. Thank you for sharing that with us. So Shankar, we've covered the big topic of marriage. Where do we go next? World peace, uh, the debt ceiling, and the topic of children await. <laughs> of course, we'll have all of those things figured out by next week. You know, nowhere to go but upwards and onwards from here. Absolutely. As always, subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you all next time.